Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another day where we saw some lower numbers on this grain complex. It was lower on the corn. Some big drops in the soybeans. The wheat complex, though, pushing to some upward numbers. Now, opposite of what we normally would think. When corn is down, we'd expect the cattle to be up. Definitely was not that way on the trade today, though the hogs saw some positive numbers. We're going to figure out what's going on in this market today and get all the details with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So got to start out with the soybeans. What's going on in this market? Another day of some some big lower numbers. Well, I think with the bean market, you know, August is bean month. And this past weekend, just about everywhere, maybe a few places were missed, but not much. Pretty much the state of Iowa caught nice rain. And um, then, you, in fact, some areas might have caught way too much. Old Wine, Iowa had uh, basically 9, 10 inches of, of rain. But uh, central Illinois caught some rain. And I will say that uh, uh, the trade is in kind of a... Um, oh, a question mark of what the yield is going to show this week on Friday in the WASDE report. Uh, we're of the opinion that the yield will come in at around 50.5 bushel per acre. But uh, the crop condition ratings this afternoon, traders are waiting on that. That's as of Sunday. And uh, I would imagine that the ratings on the beans tries to neutralize a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're into into the month of August, August is bean month, and you've got China actively in our market. Uh, they bought six cargoes of Brazilian beans last Friday for February delivery. They're in the U.S. market trying to buy, uh, from what we're hearing, buying beans for November delivery. And, um, you know, these sharp breaks in prices, they're coming in and using that to, to secure product and so i'm not surprised to see them in our market um we're of the opinion that china needs a lot of uh, commodities not only beans but corn and wheat as well and so when you look at um uh the midday forecast it came out basically showing that uh, we could have a little bit of a reprieve from this uh rain and uh, coolness and around August 18th and on forward that we would tend to go for um, uh, a much warmer forecast and then uh, the rains would start to slow up a little bit. So a drier, warmer forecast for August 18th and beyond. But, uh, you know, the one thing we have to keep in mind with the rains that have been coming um, you know, the grounds have been so, the soils have been so dry, even in Illinois and into Missouri and Indiana, that um, I think basically the soil just soaked up the rains they've been getting, and it's going to take continued good heavy rains, consistent rains, to start filling back the Mississippi River, because around St. Louis, uh, water levels have slipped as much as 20 feet below levels that they were in 2019-20. Um, so, and this is our second year of dry conditions. And of course, the 89-year cycles uh, that we think are at work, um, and even Dr. Elwin Taylor has talked about these, as we get into 24 to 25, it gets worse. Well, you know, it's so interesting you bring up the Mississippi River. And I don't remember in years past as much 
upward and downward movement we've seen on this river. I mean, we were so dry that we had an influx of too much uh, runoff and now back down once again. Well, it's true. And I think that part of the concern is, you know, our our temperatures were hotter this summer, and especially for July. And I think the fact that, um, you know, the eastern Corn Belt, you know, came into our spring on a little bit of a drier note, I think is what kind of hurt us. I talked to a client on uh, actually Friday afternoon, and he was asking about what we thought of beans and the prices of, of basis and what have you, and was telling me that they are like horribly dry, and he's within 60 miles of St. Louis, and he's on the, you know, the Illinois side. So he's very concerned, and... um You know, I'm just not surprised, but we have to keep in mind, 60% of our exportable beans move through the Gulf of Mexico. And so we need the water levels to rise in the river to help us be able to continue to be consistently able to export beans as we go forward and any other commodity as well. You know, and you look at the way this wheat market has traded, some some big positive moves uh, again for today. What do you see some of the biggest driving factors? Is it the global that's happening, or is there something else moving in? I think there's a couple things. Uh, I think the biggest is the tension, um, the consistency or increase in the uh, war between Russia and Ukraine, Uh, the fact that uh, uh, traffic on the uh, Azov uh, Sea has dropped by 40%. Um, You know, insurance for these various... um, vessels that are shipped wanting to go into the Black Sea or into uh, the Azov Sea. Um, even on the, the Danube uh, River, it's basically, um, you know, the insurance levels are rising. And in fact, some of the insurance uh, companies, maritime insurance, is starting to back off, almost apprehensive about insuring vessels. And I think that this isn't going to get any better. This looks to me like one won't give and the other one won't give. And I'm not sure what the answer is, but it's just like it's starting to increase. And, of course, Ukraine hit a a tanker, a Russian tanker here uh, that was docked, and it was near the Kerch Bridge. Well, that Kerch Bridge goes over the um, waterway that connects the two seas together, the Azov and the Black Sea. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Sue, of course, is with Agon Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So... You and I were talking before this program started soon. I was talking about this upcoming Friday report, and, and you made um, an interesting comment that there's going to be kind of some key factors that they're really going to be watching on this report, and it maybe doesn't have to deal with the normal big numbers we would expect. No, I think it's the yields that they're going to be real interested in. 
Um, I think, you know, we're thinking the bean yield will drop, uh, WASDI will drop, NAS will drop it down to about 50.5. You know, the beans have suffered almost in a way in conditions worse than what corn was. Um, But this rain that we have this weekend will help start to bring on more blooms and maybe some more potting and then fill out the pods that are there. But the thing is, this reports as of August 1st. And so I think it's going to see the bean yield drop. In corn, I look for the corn yield. Uh, we're expecting a corn yield of around 175 in this report. Now, the way the condition ratings are, it would almost be impl- implying a yield closer to 173.9. But um, I think we'll be around 175 in this report. The thing we have to keep in mind is we're getting a lot of corn being chopped for silage. Well, and you, and you bring that up, and, I, and it doesn't surprise me because of the way that the weather has been. I think there's a lot of concerns, especially from a dry land perspective. Oh, I think so, too. And, you know, um, we continue to hear how Nebraska's dry land crops have really struggled and suffered this year. And I'm not surprised. And if we get a return of heat coming back, that's not going to be a good finish. Yeah, I know. And they're saying that we might see some early harvest going on for that dry land as well. So interesting pressure that we're going to see in the marketplace. So as we switch gears, then why did the cattle not trade higher today, seeing the big another drop in, in the in the corn market? Well, I thought that was interesting, too. Um, packers are a little bit apprehensive about being too aggressive to bid. They're waiting until they get in towards Friday before they try to bid up for cattle. They're trying to keep the prices down because they're not making money now. And the cutout has continued to be softer. It was a little lower last week on Friday. But I think one way they're trying to manipulate that is by trying to um, basically cut the kills. And the kill was cut. I think last Friday we were down 6,000 head and maybe for the week around a little over 30,000. But when you look at the cattle market and, you know, meats in general, but in the cattle, Tyson Foods, for example, their uh, profits for the third quarter did not meet Wall Street estimates. And slowing demand and lower prices is what they say is hurting um, the earnings because consumers are thought to be turning away from meat purchases. Of course, if you're in heat, you don't eat as much meat, uh, but purchases in order to pay for these high interest rates and the inflation that seems to be um, tying up a lot of household income. They said that sales dropped 3%. And prices for pork was down 16% and down 5.5% for chicken. You know, um, beef, while maybe a little bit softer, the demand still looked like it was pretty good for beef. So I think that uh, the cattle market, the were discount to the ca- uh, cash discount to the futures. Let me try that again. Futures discount to the cash. And that's, you know, today was first um, notice day of delivery. And so are we going to get deliveries? Probably not. When you're under that kind of a condition, they'll just move them to the cash market. But in the meantime, when I look at the market here, um, you know, there's also not that this rules the roost, but the market on feeders had pushed really strongly. And um, there's an, a seasonal behavior 
four October feeder cattle that you sell them around the 5th of August. Well, that was Saturday, so here you are today, and Friday we were up strong. And then you hold that position until about the end of August, early September. And um, it supposedly has worked 13 out of the last 15 years. Well, you have to keep in mind that there are those two years that didn't work, and history is no guarantee for the future. It just kind of gives you an idea of how the market has played itself out in the past, but it's still something traders watch. Well, looking at, and I, and I just saw a news release here just a little bit ago, um, Tyson Foods, for example, closing four more chicken plants at talking losses, and they're obviously talking about from the pork and beef perspective. And that's going to weigh on the grain side of everything as well. That's true. Uh, Tyson is going to close four more, and they had closed a couple here uh, not that long ago. So it's, it is weighing on. They're trying to just cut down the amount that they're processing in hopes of being able to get their earnings back up. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. And that's today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.